you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast thinks Thor is the cutest puppy in the world. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast, presented by DeJorno. My name is Dan Hantis, and I am joined on a radio row that's just filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. What a scene. We are surrounded by some of the biggest names of sports. Big Poppy just walked by. Good to see him recovered. Yeah, one of your favorite, One of your favorite players, Dan. We're about 20 yards away from case. Colleen Wolf, whose career is taken off into the deep skies <laughs> while we continue just to do what we do. Hey, listen, it could be worse. We are I'm not also saying, we're, we're not saying it's bad. I'm just saying we, we are attached as a foursome from now until the end of time. So. <laughs> well, that, that's, there's been better developments than that. But listen, here we are. Who can complain? I mean, what a, what a life. We're, we're so lucky to be. We work for the NFL. They send us to the Super Bowl in Miami, staying at a nice hotel. We got a, a yacht pod. The yacht pod. Mm. Is that what the hashtag is? Yacht, yacht cast. cast. Yacht I, cast. I, I got there. <laughs> um, and, if you were, and if you were tracking, of course, uh, first of all, check out Tuesday's show if you haven't yet. Uh, but if you have, I'm sure uh, you, if you track us on social media, you're aware uh, of... One of the a couple of big developments after mm. we finish, right after we finished recording Tuesday's show. We're on the boat, we're getting a chance to enjoy the sun and the surf and the breeze and the the wonderful Miami vibes. And all of a sudden, uh, we get lit up. <laughs> we get lit up by the blue and the white lights of the Miami police who board our vessel and a extremely handsome man, a man that uh, Erica actually saw as a a younger brother of Jimmy Garoppolo, but what he really was was a FBI agent, boarded the vessel, and um, 
and we were at that point, Greg, pretty, I would say, alarmed. Well, we didn't know what was going on. It was not our boat, of course, so we weren't ultimately too concerned. We were all, like, splayed out, just kind of enjoying <laughs> our post, uh, you know, post-pod cruise. Like a bunch of manatees. Cruise back to the bay. But more confused would be what is what is happening here. And then it turned out to be kind of, you know, much ado. Much ado about, about nothing. Nothing. But it this was, was 15 yeah. minutes after we had learned while doing the show in real time that there was a tsunami warning bubbling up on the yes. waters we were actually on. That's and, a great you know, call because that was, now that you mentioned it, that's the first thing that came to mind. What were Miami police jumping onto this boat to tell Captain Spiros, we got to get this thing back to dock, a tsunami's <laughs> coming. I thought that's what we were dealing with. Did you, were you alarmed in the same way, Wes? I, w I was alarmed that nobody had answers. Everybody just had questions. <laughs> and our way of finding answers was just Ricky's checking Twitter. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, right. and there was a lot going on. There's been a heavy police presence at all the Super Bowls lately. That's certainly true in Miami at one point. On our uh, yacht cast, we saw the Coast Guard go by with some pretty heavy-duty uh, semi-automatic like weapons. A, serious, a, serious uh, armory of guns. Very yeah, it's like what your uncle's Vietnam flashback would be, is the <laughs> way I imagine The only it. concern was, like, what did Mark do? You know, that was, like, the only <laughs> think Finally, somebody says it. Right, potential well, chance. To be fair, Greg, this is minutes also after you received a call that someone named <laughs> right, Greg Rosenthal yes. had ordered a car to go it, to let's a get, pool Let's party. get into this let's now. Let's look so, at that for a minute. While the FBI is on board uh, and going through, and it was all connected to a drone that was launched that is a big no-no, especially and this time of year. And the drone didn't even go off. Just they, they had just turned it on, and the GPS had been sent out, and I guess that, that was a no-no, and, and that was it. So we are no still, we're still splayed. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, as Greg put it, when the phone rings on Greg, uh, Greg Sell, he answers it, and it's a, a very, um, I would say, animated, amped up uh, shadowy league figure. Yeah, one of the key shadowy <laughs> league figures in our history, um, barking at me, frankly, in a, in a very suspicious, uh, I'm going to say disrespectful way, and just said, like, it's like, Greg, it's like, did you order a driver to go to a pool party in Miami? Yes. <laughs> I was like, no. I, what are you talking about? I'm, we're, we're out here. We're out. And I thought maybe he meant because we did get a uh, transportation to the boat, our, to the boat right. you know, which was approved when we had a bosses on the, on the trip with us. I said, no, no, what are you talking about? And, and then there was a couple more follow-up questions where clearly this person doesn't quite uh, believe me yet, which still, again... Still accusatory in nature Yeah, very, very, like, harsh-edged. <laughs> and just saying, well, someone using your name uh, used transportation to go to a pool party, and it's ruined transportation for the NFL media for the entire day. I was like, what does that even mean? It's ruined transportation? Two quick takeaways. One, you had a rock-solid alibi yeah, as you were being fine. raided by the FBI. But secondly, this shadowy league figure, when he is driving around listening to the show, as he will, will have you killed. He, the well, way that you told the story. I'm hoping, he, I'm hoping he doesn't killed. listen. And in the end, look, he did, he did say, well, you know, he did say, oh, I, I didn't think that sounded like you. That's what I said. So he had clearly gotten this word, I, I assume, from, <laughs> from higher-ups. And um, he later texted me saying it was, maybe it's a compliment. It's like I've reached another level of celebrity where people are using my name for imposter trips. That's, that's one way to look at it. I think, um, <laughs> and of course, when something like this happens, the ATN Media Insider. ATN, ATN, ATN Media Insider. Insider. For the truth, go to the Zeus. Get in the morning. I need to start picking up the phone. You have a lot of work to do. phone yeah. calls. Right. Getting, getting on, uh, you know, text, DMs. And I actually was able to reach out 
to that same shadowy league figure. Um, I was trying to get him to come on the show, no dice, but what I really wanted I think my impression, know, you know, that was like him having him here. Yeah. <laughs> what I really wanted to know was, it, internally, during this investigation, has Greg been cleared? <laughs> and as of this recording of the show, I have not heard back. Oh, my so God. So no, we're going to call it a no comment. Sure, the investigation <laughs> rages on. I tried to find more about it, and and suddenly somebody's got an amazing got sense cold. of humor. And I want to know, yeah, I want to know what what happened. Because he he here. told me um, this SLF that the person specifically called said, "I'm Greg Rosenthal. Take me to this pool party." <laughs> <laughs> got dropped off, Checks out. and then all of a sudden that's so it worked. It, so they it worked. Totally they worked. completed. Wow. But this is why I think it's an inside job, and it's someone that we know. Because I think there's something, if you know Greg, really any of us, it would have been funny. But if you know Greg, there's something funny about Greg Rosenthal <laughs> demanding a driver take him to a Super Bowl pool party. <laughs> so yeah, somebody it's... that knows you, that, that when this would get back, potentially, it would be right. something bonkers. Now that you say that, all right, I've got a couple. Let's, let's, let's hear it. Let's throw some names out. Yeah. Let's hear it. All right, Ian Rappaport's up there. Rapsy? Yeah, you mentioned he, it. I think that makes some sense. He um, had some reason to be annoyed at me just 24 hours previous. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> he was annoyed at me. He made that clear. Greg's on a constant uh, rotation of people being annoyed at him, and it was Ian's turn. Um, and he would, he would do something. I feel like he would do oh, it. Oh, he would definitely do it. He would um, double-cross you in a big spot. Shrekbomb, maybe? I know he I, would maybe find the humor in it, but I don't Garifala? see why, why he would do it. is a pretty funny guy. We but know it's a man, we know a it's a man party, at least. Though. Move the sticks. Oh, my God. Like that, DJ. That's yeah. a wholesome prank that he would pull. It's Daniel Jeremiah. <laughs> but he's not even here. How I do know, you? but that's what would make it even <laughs> <Is> more <Hawker>? dastardly. <laughs> Andrew Hawkins would not do such a thing. Anyway, right. so we're, we are obviously we're going to try to get to the bottom of this. This is a developing story. Uh, that we'll be tracking, obviously, throughout the offseason. And, and a, as an insider, this is one of those stories where you do not rest until you get to the bottom of it. I like, think you have your offseason off narrative yeah. and investigation I'm a little concerned to dive into. Pretty much minutes afterwards, even though I was with these guys the whole time, Dan was the first one to say, well, have we crossed Greg totally off the list? <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure that he didn't do well, it? Well, my final question was, how was the pool party? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. This is our uh, Super Bowl 54 preview show proper. Okay, this is the one where we're really going to dig into the action, and uh, um, also we have the great Chris Mad Dog Russo, Russo of uh, formerly of WFAN in New York. Uh, Mark and I grew up listening to Mike and the Mad Dog. Uh, he is going to join us. We're really looking forward to that, Mark. Are you? Do you think you could keep it together during the Russo conversation? No. Okay. <laughs> I like That's your honesty. I, I just don't. I, don't. <laughs> I applaud your honesty. Uh, we will do one uh, go get uh, my lunch prop uh, wager connected to Super Bowl 54. And, um, and then we will uh, make our game picks. It's time to make the picks. Wes, are you ready? I know you love game picks. <laughs> I'm ready. I even have a score written down, which I wow. never do. Dude, I usually come up with a score on the you. spot, but Looking I have one written down. You, you said That's earlier a sign this of professionalism. Week, you're sick of the game picks. People love the I game did. picks. <laughs> People okay. love them. All right, let's get into it. Without further ado, forget about hashtag Yachtcast, hashtag Pool Boy. Let us get to the game because that's why we're here. The Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers, two teams that were deeply impressive during their January playoff runs. Um, perhaps one team was more impressive, and uh, Greg, 
uh, the, the Niners, they just essentially whipped their, both their opponents. It was, a, it was an easy path for them. And they were a team that were kind of battle-tested throughout December. And a lot of people said, maybe that's going to help them come January. Maybe it did. Who knows? But the Niners look great. The Chiefs have the best player in Patrick Mahomes, and their offense was close to unstoppable. This is going to be a fun one. I love it because, to me, they're, it's a game where I'm happy either team wins because they're both worthy champions. They both have great stories behind them. I'll feel for either team. But, like, some years, like, yeah, that team shouldn't have won. Like, both of these teams deserve it. And You're thinking of the Giants uh, twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you can't like wrap, or you can't like wrap your arms around them maybe. And to me, I love both of these teams. They're, they're super entertaining styles of play. And you mentioned the 49ers run. I almost think we take it for granted how like bat or bat uh, stuff insane yes, that's going to have to be. Insane. <laughs> this is going to be after, like when we look back on what they did the last two weeks. The first game, they allowed seven first downs. They made Kirk Cousins and the Vikings the worst offense in the NFL. It was as dominating a defensive performance as anything we've seen all year. The next game, they ran it like it was, you know, 1930s Navy, the most dominating. They were up 27-0 in the, at halftime of an NFC championship. That is absolutely outrageous. So when you put those two things together and just the talent that they have on that side of the ball, I'm not saying people are sleeping on the 49ers, but it has been an incredibly impressive 18-game run with an as impressive a two-game playoff run as we've seen. I'm with you. I feel that they are underappreciated, and I think they just haven't been in our midst for very long. Are you saying they're team. disrespected and no, nobody respects I, us? No, I, because I destroyed that, that narrative you, you on the boat. You that one, I thought. So it's not disrespected, yeah. just a little bit under the radar for how consistent they have been in every single contest this year. And the thing that comes to my mind about this game, and I, I'm with you, Greg, that whoever wins, I could feel um, thrilled for either team. That's not usually how I feel about Super Bowl Same matches. Not as at much all. as James. Same here. I almost Jackson always know. No, those are the guys <laughs> yeah. that would really get I'm me with going. You. But, but I just I, the thing that comes to mind for me is the sort of a coronation of Kyle Shanahan. That I just feel that he also in, t in my mind is like a top two or three coach in the league and the future of football. And Andy Reid, you could say all the same things about. But I just think that Kyle Shanahan, you know steps out of any sort of shadow that he lived in under his father and family lineage to become completely his own man Wes, on, by Sunday isn't, night. Isn't this kind of, uh, this was the Sean McVay storyline a year ago, two years ago, and now that's how people are talking about Kyle Shanahan. I mean, he's, the, he's one game away from having, it feels like one of the best, you know, doing one of the best coaching jobs we can remember. Yeah, I feel like for the past half decade or so, people have gone back and forth between Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Josh McDaniels, and who's the best, like, under 40-year-old play caller in the NFL? Who's, who's the real scheme master? And Kyle was probably overlooked. What he did with that 2000, um, was it the 17, Fal the Falcons team that made the Super Bowl? 16, what yeah. he did in Houston, what he did in Washington with RG3, I mean, this guy, his career's been amazing. And I look back to the beginning of the year when, Mark and I got really revved up about the 49ers pushing the Bengals around, and it feels weird to say we were impressed by a team beating the Bengals. But most of the mo most of the impressive games I've seen where a team played at the highest level this year have been the San Francisco 49ers, just decimating teams. They also had that Redskins game, which is one of the quickest we've seen in you know 14, 15 years. I appreciate Assessor that. special. And to to your point. Uh, Greg, when you're trying to pick this game, and like we said, we'll be picking at the end of the show, 
I really do want to go with Mahomes. Uh, but would it, would it, should it be shocking if the Niners just finish this thing off and we're, we're looking at a potential game that gets away from the Chiefs because the Niners are just humming on both sides of the ball? This is one thing no one's picking is a one-sided game, but is that possible? Are the Niners hmm. that good? Are they under the radar enough where they could blow out a great Chiefs team and, and be seen as one of the best teams in the last 10 years? Because it's the Super Bowl and sometimes I think weird things happen. It's just a different game. It's like a final or a championship of almost any sport. I feel like that's possible, but it's so hard to imagine like keeping Mahomes under wraps for that long. Even this defense, which is great, it's still 2020. Like, they gave up three straight touchdowns to the Seahawks. They gave up some points in the second half to the Packers. Like, it's hard to imagine Mahomes not finding some mismatches. Like, that's one thing I'm curious about with, with Mahomes and Reed. They zero in on what your weakness is at some point. And whether that sorry, Terry Bradshaw is cackling over your right shoulder Ooh, right now. I've also been distracted seen. by the sight. We've of had Terry since Bradshaw. we started the show when we were talking about um, Pool Boy Gate and also Yachtcast. Uh, Kurt Warner just kind of rolled right in front of us. Yeah. Now Terry Bradshaw just rolled. I can by see us. Chris Long uh, right over there. Chris Long shown. Oh, Zolak is about 50 yards away. Franco Harris, here, Max not a Crosby small man, is, is walking behind us. Zolak's wearing sunglasses inside a convention center. He has every oh, time yeah. we've been here the entire week. He has not taken the sunglasses <laughs> off. That it's is too tight. That is uh, that is the Zoe move. And then of course Colleen Wolf is just 20 feet away, and that's where you really pinch yourself. Go on. Yourself. I I I wonder like where do they see the weaknesses? It's probably you know in the secondary getting certain matchups um, with speed, it, whether it's McCall Hardman or Tyreek Hill on Sherman or one, you know, sometimes Jimmy Ward or Tart are a little aggressive, but especially when the 49ers try to put, if they try to put three linebackers on the field, I like think that's the moment where you attack. And as good as Greenlaw and Warner have been, who I'm fascinated by, Quan Alexander did not look like himself last game. I mean, he made Jimmy Graham look like 2008-9 Jimmy Graham, the Packers went out of their way to attack him, and eventually they kind of benched Quan Alexander, took him out of that game. If they try to play kind of that three-linebacker look, which they might not do that much against the Chiefs, like that's a moment where you can see Kelsey or, or someone making big plays over the middle. I feel like we've seen multiple games this year where the 49ers have dominated for the entire first half and then get caught taking their foot off the gas pedal a little bit in the second half, and they can't afford to do that against a guy who's been coming back from 24 to nothing and they can't do that because seven. of the 28 to 3 type jokes that we would be like surviving exactly. on twitter at the time if the 49ers get a big lead and start start blowing it it would be it'd be sad i don't i i'd i'd be surprised by a game where the niners are jumping out to a 20 nothing type lead against the chiefs this is a completely different situation than green bay or the vikings who co went to the west coast and totally fell into a coma you know, ahead of that Niners. Right, because it's been the Chiefs' defense that started every game slow. It really hasn't been the Chiefs' offense. They've, you know, against the Texans, they had, you know, a drive or two. Against, you know, last week they pretty much started great. They had one bad drive, and then they, they were caught on fire. And that's the thing with Mahomes. Like, I don't, Mahomes is. I, I know you're sick of the comparison, Wes, or just like talking. But the fact that he combines this extraterrestrial big playability and skill set with the fact that he's the most careful quarterback out there. Like, I added up, like, how hard it is to make negative plays on him. He has five interceptions, um, I think three fumbles this year, and he's taken 17 sacks. 
Jimmy, that's a total of 25. Jimmy Garoppolo, in comparison, they've had very similar dropback numbers because Mahomes missed those two games. Has 13 interceptions, 10 fumbles, 36 sacks. So, so that's 59 negative plays. He's taken more than double the amount. He's taken more negative plays in the playoffs, only throwing the ball 20 times than Mahomes does. Mahomes has this crazy like Tom Brady-like ability to move in the pocket where you think you're going to get him for a negative play. And at worst, it's like a throwaway or he runs for a couple yards or whatever. And then he combines that with the big plays. And that's like, it's just such a hard, how do you stop well, that? He combines the ability to make plays and avoid mistakes to such an extent that running the ball is wasteful. Right. I, I do wonder if like Andy Reid would give up, we'll just like give up running the ball. Like, however the first five carries for the Chiefs go, well, and this was the case when the Eagles played the Patriots, feels like it'll decide whether they run the ball. Because you kind of should run the ball against the 49ers. They, that's where they've been vulnerable. And Damian Williams, to me, is good enough to run the ball. It feels like you want we've to seen, run We've seen Damian Williams do it. They, they didn't have a, a great ground attack this year, but there were moments that Williams' 80-yard touchdown run late in the season comes to mind. Um, and... I think when you look at what the, the Niners do on offense, and I would be, if I'm Steve Spagnuolo, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm trying to game plan this team, and you just don't know how Shanahan's going to come at you because it's almost like he's set them up perfectly now because you can't, you, you can't assume, oh, they're going to just run it down our throats. Uh, that would be too easy to just assume we'll do that just because they did it the last two weeks. Uh, they could go the other direction, and Shanahan is such a gifted play caller in the way they've set up and what they've been able to do with Debo Samuel, with Emmanuel Sanders, with Kittle, uh, the way they attack you, which is, you know, the Chiefs are a team that get to the, gets to the quarterback, but what we're seeing uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo is how quickly they design plays to get the ball out of his hand, with, hand, which negates the pass rush, and that puts pressure on a Chiefs defense to make plays in space. Do they have the ability, if the Niners are running their game plan, the way they want to run it to, to stop the Niners passing game. Like, I have real questions about that. That's where I get worried about this game spinning out of control Ooh. is if that Niners defense is doing what they do and then the passing game with Jimmy G heats up, which obviously can happen. The Chiefs are not an all-time great defense, not even close to it. I'd also say you, if you're trying to game plan for what the Niners have done recently, the passing game is mysterious because it's been about a month since they've really had to unleash anything through the air. The, the two games they put together in the playoffs after their bye week were intensely ground-oriented, and it leaves you wondering what tricks Shanahan might well, have on the sleeve. At, yeah, you just look at the personnel. It, Shanahan looks at those Chiefs linebackers. I mean, not many people, I feel like, covering, you know, like watching them know their line. It's like Damian Wilson and uh, hit, you know. Reggie Raglan. Yeah, Re Anthony Reggie Raglan, like... Da Daniel Sorensen, who's a safety, who can Captain get over aggressive, and like <laughs> Spiros, and Spiros. that's those are the players that like a Shanahan offense attacks is like the middle of your defense, and that is the weakness uh, of the Chiefs defense, especially Am I with changing play my Super Bowl pick in real time. No, it no, might be happening. Don't do it. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to to believe the Chiefs do have like three great defensive players. Like Chris, they need Chris Jones to just go wild, which is possible. Frank Clark. They were right about Frank Clark. They, they essentially traded D Ford for Frank Clark. I think at this point, it, it's worked. Frank Clark is a more complete, more dominant player. And Honey Badger, your boy, Wes, from like six years ago on this podcast, like to me, that he's sort of owning this Super Bowl on some level. Outside of the quarterbacks and the coaches, like 
he's kind of owning the Super Bowl, and he deserves to. He seems like he's peaking, like peak honey badger at the right time. And couldn't you imagine like him putting up like an MVP type performance where where he makes like great plays? Everything you said sure. is true, and yet I think like back to an interview Andy Reid did about 12 years ago where he was asked what his primary job is, and he said, as a play caller, is to get into a rhythm with a defensive play caller on the other side and exploit what he wants to do. And I don't think anybody's better at that than Kyle Shanahan. He's doing it against the defense that he knows he can run on. Hmm. I think Kyle Shanahan knows I can run on him. I'm going to keep their defense going back and forth between the run and pass. And I'm not sure Andy Reid can do that as much against the 49ers defense, but Mahomes is the X factor. They they make him, you know, defend so much. They do misdirection. Like, they, you know, Reid can make you defend, like, every inch of the field, but it's not as varied. Like, someone, I think it was Steven Ruiz, looked at the NFC Championship, and the everyone thinks of the Shanahan's, like, that's the zone-blocking scheme, you know, back in the 80s. And I, I've said the same thing. It's like, he's got the Shanahan. He ran, like, he ran 13 different run concepts right. in that game alone. So he's running power. He's running trap. He's running all the, like, type of running game that every team would want to run. And it's, like, in 2019, where all the coaches are, oh, we can't practice enough. Like, we don't have enough installation time. We don't have enough, enough, enough time with the players. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan's running more plays and you know types of plays than any coach just about ever has on a running game so he's getting it done it's step kinda, up the game it's a credit to Kyle Shanahan or maybe unfair to the the player we're about to mention but Raheem Mostert's coming off one of the greatest playoff games in the history of the NFL at the running back position it's he goes true. over 200 yards and he had four touchdowns it was just a monster game you would think in typically in the way the sports covered when a running back does that in the title game going to the Super Bowl, people are talking about this guy. Nobody's talking about Raheem Mostert. People should, though. And he they, is they, great. And he really was Where great are we at with Tevin Coleman, just, by the way? Is Tevin we, Coleman we, we don't know. He's trying to play through the shoulder he's injury. But Matt Breida is available, too, who a year ago at this time you a, thought was a top ten. Breida's a great like, right. backup running back. <laughs> so I think that's that's the other part of this is that, you, that they're coming off a game where Mostert had, like, an, an incredible all-time type game. He is somebody that I would imagine as they look at the tape. Now, there were some big holes that he was running through. But that's also a concern. I mean, the... the he made people miss. He was he had good he was lights out. Three, eight, 40. I mean, he's a fast guy. He was lights out in that game. I think Damian Williams kind of, on the other side, though, is an X factor that he slept on a little bit. That if, if the game shaped up that way, that they needed him to touch the ball... 18 times, whether it's screens and runs and everything. like I, I think Damian Williams is capable of, of putting up I do 130 too, but I think yards. There's, there's too many games where the the ground attack for the Chiefs has not been right. what you would want. I mean, that to me is the one position positional group that feels like it could be exploited right. and is a little weak. I do think the Chiefs' offensive line, though, flip side, has been outstanding and gives the Niners' defense something to think about. Right. They, our our friend. Uh, or what was I going to say? Patrick Mahomes, rather, makes the offensive line look better. Patrick Mahomes is your friend? Yeah, he is my friend. <laughs> I wish awesome, he was my bro. friend. I mean, Patrick Maybe Mahomes, he went to the pool He's party. kind of a family, uh, <laughs> he's becoming a family favorite. My wife bought a Patrick Mahomes t-shirt. Like, wow. kind of was like an outline. Wait, she still has never listened to our podcast and she has a Patrick well, Mahomes t-shirt? Well, the kids are so into <laughs> uh, football and Mahomes is kind of, like, he is that guy that I think kids growing up, if you're not a huge fan of some team, uh, are going to gravitate to and I to, to me it's sort of like the question of are they are they just unguardable though I think that's possible like is the way the rules are and as good as Mahomes is and the five you know if you put five no. receivers out can you are they almost unstoppable because 
I know how great Patrick Mahomes has been with the pass rush in his face, but if you get him from the blind side, you're taking him down. And the 49ers have the defensive line to be able to do that. They, they're tricky because if you bought, it feels like if you block three of their guys well, it's like the fourth is still going to get there. And I think we talked about it on Sky Sports, but the DeForest Buckner-Bosa combo is like the most unstoppable combo in sports. Like, that's where the protection always goes to that side, where it's Buckner and Bosa. And they do these games, and sometimes they do these games where then they occupy the blockers, and Armstead comes around, and like those two next to each other, it's almost like you don't know what to do. But how do you stop, like, Mahomes and Kelsey when it just feels like they know what each other is doing. They have a very similar, like, Gronk and Brady vibe right. to them where, like, he knows what Kelsey's going to do before he does it. I can't think of another Super Bowl where literally any outcome would not surprise me because mm. both teams are so powerful. But I can't see the Niners getting blown out. I, I just... I, I mean, I, not I, blown I out. Not blown out. I don't... Because they haven't been all year and that's not in their, their DNA, but the Chiefs exploding for a ton of points yeah. where it's not nearly as close I, as the I, score might look? I'm with you that I, anything could be a surprise, but I think at some point it's going to be nerve-wracking in the second half because this this game, you take so much energy with the 30-minute halftime break. You're so hyped up. It's like at some point the Chiefs are going to get there. Like at some point both offenses, I think, are going to get there. Um, all right. Let's stick a pin Good football talk. I do want to touch base. What are we, what are we thinking, Wes, about the Shakira J-Lo halftime show? Mm. Since you bring up the 30-minute halftime. I guess Emmy Lou Harris wasn't available this year. <laughs> uh, it feels like it's perfect for Miami, right? Well, that's what they're going for, it seems. This is a city where I've been so impressed. And by the way, I've been converted to, from London to Miami, the way to see a great city. And most great cities are on the water. The way to see a great city is by mm. water. It's just a totally different experience. Mm. Good call. This city is like the looks and the languages and the megafauna. It's like must be like what Chicago Chicagoans felt when the World Fair came to town in like 1893. It's just exotic <laughs> stuff you never see. Mm. You do have you some issues it. with the sidewalk scenario, though. Well, you mentioned that a couple times. A, yeah, there's one issue. People don't clean up after their dogs in the city mm. on the sidewalk. That's a bad job. It's, it's, it's a, a bad, bad job. job. It's my it only complaint like about amazing, Miami. like, it has its own culture to it, and there's so many cultures, and it's all missed like mixed up together we should it should just be this in new orleans i'd be fine this with is that. really the go melting back and pot forth. right here that's go, go that's a forth. that's kind of a hot take um and it's become to me a bit of a cliched take at this point that only <laughs> hold the super bowl here or there yeah. or whatever well, well, i mean certain cities well, i don't we need think to it, really reward the you know the great people of tampa no let's just do it here again <laughs> next week oh this is this is no disrespect to these regions of the country in fact i'm from these regions of the country but i don't think the super bowl should be held in a cold weather city mm -hmm. I, I i sincerely believe that um and uh but i think miami 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 new orleans california they're about to have a new stadium la is a great spot for a super bowl now they're gonna have a state-of-the-art not for us yeah, we don't get to, you know, less exotic get out of town. for our uh, purposes. Um, I did, it, that'll be it, that'll be tricky. This one is a little spread out, but that there will be no center to it. I kind of like the idea of sleeping in my own bed during Super Bowl week. That's just me. But Wes, one last question about the halftime show. If you were installed <laughs> as a shadowy league figure on the issue, and I'm being totally, you have to choose it. They say Chris Wessling. You're picking the halftime show. So you get the you get the backlash though if people don't like you get it. The heat. People know right. it was you that decided. Right. 
and you, you're picking the halftime show, and you can't say, like, I'm not doing any music then. No, you got to pick a <laughs> musical act. What would it be? We could stick a pin in this, and I could come back yeah, to you at the end of the show. Yeah, come back to me on that one. All right. Emmy sure Lou is available, I feel like. Emmy Lou's a good one, but She's the, out the way you're... Backlash. This is a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah with, huge amount of people, people knowing this, that you're attached to this task. feels like a serious exercise. All right, uh, all right, Wes, think on that. Let's now, uh, let's have a little fun. Let's do a little Go Get My Lunch Super Bowl 54 edition. And uh, if you are new to the show or uh, have not caught our Go Get My Lunch eps, this is when we each make a prediction for uh, the game. And then the rest of the guys get to either say, yes, I agree, that's going to happen, or no, I disagree, let's put a sandwich on it. Uh, sandwiches that never get paid out, but still we keep the standings at gogetmylunch.org. The great Nick Fortier does an incredible job tracking this. And I have to say, I'm coming off a woeful 2019 season. So uh, there's no way to salvage what's happened for me uh, this year, but winning a Super Bowl prop or collecting some sandwiches in a big spot in Miami, that would at least take away some of the stinks. So there's a lot, the stakes well, are high for the old It's now 2020, so you can set a tone for what's ahead for this year. That's mm. a good way to look at it as well. So let's uh, go around the horn and throw them out. Greg, get us going. All right. Um, I believe that Debo Samuel will have more receiving yards in this game than Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Let's just throw it out there. And or? Both. That Debo Samuel going up against this Chiefs. I mean, we might as well make these spices. It's usually wrong. Going up against this Chiefs defense, where I do think you can get some run after the catch. It, he reminds me so much of a, like a young Anquan Bolden. I, he's, this is, that's my favorite type of receiver. A physical receiver who's as good, I think, maybe in the open field as any person with a ball in this game in terms of in making our league in, in this game like if I could take oh, one person to game. have to you know go through a secondary make them miss and get to the That's end zone bold statement in, in, Tyreek Hill is like one of the greatest returners of his generation he, he is but if are you just putting him on the 40 yard line he's got to make his way to the end zone get past four or five people with the speed that he has I would say Debo Samuel and this is partly because I love that 49ers tackling so much like they are the best open field tackling team I've ever seen it's so hard to get yards after the catch against them whereas I think the Chiefs that's where they're vulnerable it's the Debo Samuel coming out party I'll take you on it but I, I like where you're coming from but that speaks to me I don't know why I threw both must, names I was just gonna I, do, I was just did. gonna do one yeah. and I'm just you must think the, the Niners will win this game if that scenario were to play out well, they such. could be, no they could be coming from behind uh, and he could have a big game certainly I think they're both going to have a lot of yards. So Debo more than Tyreek or Kelsey. That's right. Wow. I am going to take this one because I think this might be the worst go get my lunch thing you've ever <laughs> thrown out there. What do you mean? <laughs> like least Debo likely? Debo Samuel is going to have more receiving yards than both Tyreek oh, Hill and Oh, it's unlikely. Yeah. But right, I thought we were two guys to... who are better than him. You want, well, that's you the idea. That... If I said Tyreek Hill is going to have the most receiving yards, what's the point? <laughs> right, I'm just explaining why I'm taking it. Um, it's spicy. I'll like take it. you up on it yeah. as well. All right. I'll take it. All right. So Give as, me something to root for. As I said, Debo. I had a, a horrendous regular season, so I need a W. Uh, I'm not saying this is a safe pick, but I do want to just say that um, the thing that I'm most looking forward to in the Super Bowl is watching Patrick Mahomes play in the Super Bowl. I mean, I just think that's so fun. And I think that is uh, – he is that type of talent. Someone asked me, I think maybe it was the great Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports – um, what is, in your years at the NFL, 
who are the players or, uh, that have you know, most jumped out to you that have been the most fun to watch? And um, my first thought, obviously, uh, was Luke Falk and what he was able to do. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, when Sam post-surgery Chad Pennington. <laughs> yeah, post-surgery, well, Chad was a warrior. He had his moments post-surgery. But yeah, Falk obviously is number one. But I would say Patrick Mahomes is the guy for me that I get so, like, I get a lot of enjoyment out of just watching him because he's one of those all-time rare, great athletes where, you know, anything is possible when he's on the field. And we saw that uh, on that amazing running, the 27-yard touchdown down the sideline in the AFC title game. And I just, what I want to happen, because I don't have a true rooting interest because I'm a Jets fan uh, and we don't play in the Super Bowl, is that I want to see special moments from Mahomes. I want to, this stage to become an iconic scene uh, for one of the great young quarterbacks we've seen. So, with that said, very straightforward, the old guy versus the field, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, that's a tough one. It's, it's very hard to imagine a scenario not impossible, but it's hard to imagine a scenario where the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Mahomes is not the MVP. I feel like he would, he would be about a 95 Especially if Tyreek Hill is not going to show up to this game, right. according to your prediction. I'm not Debo Samuel's going to get up. MVP win or loss. I just so. need Debo Samuel to get, like, one, 150. Um, I'll take you up on it. Why not? Just just for the... And now I get to be, the added move. thing. I get You guys are now rooting against a good no, guy and a great talent and a fun <laughs> now team. Now that these the sandwiches, like, who knows who did well? That, you know, we all, I think we all were pretty solid, but Dan had a bad year. Well, mm. I believe that your ugly run of 2019 opened with you predicting an MVP award for Drew Brees. Ooh. Which wasn't a bad prediction. No, it, it certainly wasn't. Um, I believe you called that an onion hanger. It seemed like more of a pick'em, but that that was fine. But I do you, know this would be a nice reversal. How would that for be you? a pick'em? A guy that's never won MVP in 18 years. Plus, plus the pressure that I put I'm on a so short far ahead like now in the overall standings with Dan's uh, three and 18 year or whatever it was. Wow. It's like I can just throw some away. Yeah, no, um, I, that, I, that explains it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm still near the top of the overall standings, but this has certainly brought me down to the pack. So, what about you guys? I got a Mahomes comp for you, which you may be interested okay. in. Okay. When Al Davis was scouting for the Los Angeles Chargers, or they may have been San Diego by then, he was sent to Alabama to watch Joe Namath before he injured his knee. Right. Ripped and it his up scouting here. report was, I saw a guy who tips the field. This SOB plays like he's going downhill and he's redefined distance on the field. And to me, that's exactly who Patrick Mahomes is. Mm. More than anybody is... Pre, pre-knee injury Namath where he can stretch the field with his arm and outrun everyone trying to sack him. When Namath got drafted to the Jets, the doctors cleared him to play but told the Jets and told Namath, you have about five years on that knee. Hmm. What they say about Namath's ability, his athletic ability, before he ripped up his knee at Alabama, they say it's just like it was He's off the charts. going 360 dunks. Yeah. And, and you get on me for recency bias, Wes, but you also like to say you know it when you see it. And right. Mahomes... More than any player that I've covered since I've been, you know, covering football is you know it when you see it. You know that he is an all-time great right off the bat kind of when you see it. It's just a matter of, like, what shape that takes. And his so-called, like, lesser games are would be the right. top for other people. Right. He doesn't have those three or four games where he stunk up the joint. Uh, you guys taking the sandwich? I will take you just for I'll, I'll sake take of it. I'll take it just for sporting interest. But if this happens... Mm. This will go down as the if he wins the MVP, it's going to be the gold standard for postseason playoff runs by a quarterback. Mm. 
That's an interesting thought. The all-time great QB runs. You haven't heard well, that as much. Think about Joe Montana, 1989. I mean, utterly Joe Flacco yeah. more yeah. recently was right. But what Mahomes yeah. is doing but something about his numbers? That's a little under the radar. Are, how good he's are been. Outrageous. No, they are, but there have been other pristine. Joe Flacco had a pretty amazing right, run. Right, but Joe Flacco wasn't throwing like nine touchdowns no, in two games. He's a completely different human being. Yeah. Right. All right, Wes, it's time for your prop. And I just want to say before you do it, uh, reminded everyone that the Around the NFL podcast is presented by DiGiorno. Stock up on DiGiorno <laughs> pizza for the big game. All the right, sponsor Wes. did not know this kind of attention was going to come. <laughs> are we good with this? <laughs> George Kittle. <laughs> And Travis Kelty both break Rob Gronkowski's record for most yards of the Super Bowl, 116 yards. I mean, I like that you're getting on me for that Debo is the worst yeah, I know one you would laugh out. Whatever. This is a surprise. Uh, of course oh, I would take you on that. I'm just saying, it's it's great, but uh, it's still a long shot. It's it. still a long shot. I think that's a good prop. I think it's a great prop. Thank you, Dan. I think it's a great prop, but he's getting on mine for being a long shot. This is a big-time long shot. Wait, Greg, doesn't you hold, Greg doesn't hold grudges. When you strike out at him, you're never going it's to get an arrow I shot back in your face. I always have these thoughts in my head, and then once you guys give me permission by coming at me, I can finally say it, uh, not have to be so sensitive. Once Greg yeah. is, you know, untied, he can be the true savage he is. <laughs> now, what Greg will do is he'll, he'll store what I just did, yeah. and then in about had, four minutes, there'll be some type of arrow I had slung at me. I had yeah. something ready right for you, which is going to be how we were waiting for the, the van for you to show, show up today, 15 minutes late. No, wait, let's talk about that, because <laughs> ran afoul. I had a, uh, a radio appearance, the good show, with uh, Ben Ennis and J.D. Bunkus. Love those guys. And they, uh, you know, started a little later than I was told, 9.25. They didn't start till 9.30. And then I, I gave you guys the heads like up. That. I said we're starting a little. They're starting a little later. Um, just letting you know. Greg writes back. Okay, we'll meet you there. I said okay. The phone rings. I do my my interview, and then uh, it ends. I'm not rushing downstairs because now I think you guys have left. <laughs> I was under the impression you were gone. We knew Greg's exactly what was incredible happening. bit was that uh, <laughs> well, he was only joking. Well, when we, he said, but I'll I also texted immediately afterwards. Uh, uh, but I did not the see that. Happened to ring well, yes, you, but that's not that's not on me. You also didn't see the text. Well, it's not on me either. We were leaving at nine thirty. I mean, you're the one that took the radio uh, interview, and we all knew when we were leaving. Uh, I honestly, the <laughs> the text you sent, which was an incredible bit again, I I saw only that. So I was working on that. So then I even went downstairs, and Greg's bit was so funny that I never thought of it. That I got an Uber. Then I see you guys about three minutes later to my left. I have to cancel the Uber. And guess, who, guess who's getting nailed with the $5 Uber fee? Uh, the old Zeuser. So Greg's joke so legendary, yeah. it cost me $5. If, if you just, joke. Uh, if you just check that. Let's just say, let's, if we were setting the odds, which the one of the party? four of us that we would have been waiting for, what would have those like pregame odds been? How heavy a favorite would, would Dan have been? It would have been a heavy favorite. Yes, that's Dan fair. Dan would be a favorite. But in this case, I had, I had cleared it and let you guys know. And in fact, had no issue with you leaving at early. I, had no I thought issue it was a little anyway. odd. I was like, why, why are they rushing to get, is Greg like, making a point? But I was like, you know what, I, I have other things to worry about. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm glad that it all worked out and we got here and, and here we are now. The only lock <laughs> is that Mark will be the first one to show up. And the first to leave. Those are the two things I know. <laughs> oh, get me out of here as soon as possible, please. Um, all right. Now, Wes, your prop. I'm taking he, you up on Kittle it. Kittle and Kelsey yes. both break Gronk's record, 116 yards by a tight end in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll take you. 
I think we should yeah. all take all of our. Picks. I will take you. Take very, that. very intriguing. I like it. Thank you. Sure. All right, Mark. It was crafted. So you know, I know you think I'm going to come with some long-winded reading-type script about something insane that's going to happen. Highlighter all over the paper. None of that. I, it's very, it's very crystal clear to me. Um, this has been a very strange week. Uh, we've been raided by you know the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, we've we've saw Jamal Adams at a pool party yesterday outside of our hotel um, in, in what was nothing less than, than a yeah it was a rather a, a rather circus-like environment. So I think the weirdness is going to continue um, in this sense. Of course and we've we've seen. I'm going to tell you something that's not that crazy. We've seen this happen um, during our time with the NFL at a Super Bowl. Okay, and I'm not going to predict overtime like I did when I nailed it. A couple of years ago, totally nailed that one as my Super Bowl lock. But uh, this very, that was very Trumpian, and I nailed that. <laughs> well, you know, I got to set the, the ground rules here. But I see this game is going to have a stoppage in play, non-injury related, that will be 50, at least 15 minutes long. And the last time this happened, I like that your preface to this was, "Hey guys, it's not going to be crazy and off the wall mark stuff that you're expecting." And now the game is being stopped. This has happened. This has happened to us. In fact, I had to write the news article when the lights went out in the Superdome in New Orleans during the Ravens Niners. So if the game is stopped for a non-injury related reason, but it only lasts 11 minutes, you lose this prop. No, this is going to be one of the the Mark Sessler horseshoes and hand grenades thing, where if it's close, he gets the prop also. Oh, but it stopped for nine minutes, uh, so let's give time. it to Mark. If 15 you wanted minutes. to say 12 minutes, you'd say 12 minutes. Sure, you I said 15 minutes. minutes. A minimum of 15. If it stopped Not 14. for 14 minutes and 45 seconds, I would lose the prop, but I would be outraged. But it, would, it, it must be 15 minutes. I want to add, because we need to be exact with this, when the stoppage occurs, it is uh, incumbent on you to get out your iPhone and hit the timer. And tell us. Make it appear. That's fair. Yeah. If you and would any like me delay to on play... your part doesn't count towards the 15 minutes. So you have, that's part of the... To make sure this is... Any delay on my <laughs> part. How, I have, down, you I have, have no ability to, to stop the game. <laughs> you have to be on top now, of this. If, now, if something is, starts being delayed, you have to start your timer. Bang, though. start the Every timer. Every time it's delayed, you got to... And that's the official time. Uh, time of record for that this prop. That is a totally appropriate request on your part. <laughs> I'm happy to Dan do that. Dan is playing <laughs> this game well. Our three props are like 1 in 20 long shots. Dan's about 50-50. Is it? I wonder what the it's desert probably, thinks. I bet it would be like 40-60 because, you know, they're, they're a slight favorite... And, but if they if they win, he's very very likely the the well, MVP. Given how so my props I'd have gone for dog. the 2019 yep. season, I've effectively doomed Patrick Mahomes, mm. which I don't want to have happen. But that's probably going to happen. All right, I I'm, will obviously take you up on that. That's an onion hanger, as they always are, and we appreciate that, Mark. Well, I mean, I believe these things are going to happen. <laughs> I'm not just throwing this out there as a rando, you know, chuckle fest. Do you believe this as much as you believe you want Jameis Winston to win a Super Bowl more than any other player? Uh, that is a, that's in a different category of... <laughs> and the Ravens yeah. quarterback. God, right. that's one thing you've always wanted. Well, you know, listen, that is an article that's it's in print, so it must be true. I wrote it. We're going we're gonna to talk about this article for years, I feel like. <laughs> it's one of those things. The, I've already Why I want... Sessler, why I want Jameis, Lamar... To win the Super Bowl, you did not Deep allow me heart. to I explain what the article. The, it, I'm sure, Dan, that you. I'm sure that you read it. You but must be on the it, edge of your seat, you know, fa- tracking this Jameis free agency. It was story. tracking players or coaches I'd like to see win, if who have not been there yet or have not won one at least. Last year, I picked Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan 
my wish is going to come true wow. on one level. So <laughs> That sounds like something that you made up and then no one's going to check. So that was just the most the fake wow from Greg ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. I was, that was a real one. And, and I'm looking back and seeing a little Sebastian Bulmer back there. Seabass, so, mm. large man. Big time stars. Are all Sebastians now Seabass? Is that how it works? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, uh, all right. Mark, now let's get ready. It's time. I will let's... take you on as well. Thank you. So we're all in on that. Let's now um, begin our interview with the great Chris Mad Dog Russo. Mm -mm. We've been very excited to have this man on the show. He's the great Chris Russo, Sirius XM. Gentlemen, I've never been interviewed by four people on one spot, <laughs> so here we go. We specialize in that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mad Dog, this is such a thrill, especially for Mark and I. Mark, New Yorkers, Connecticut. I'm from Rockland County in New York, and the version, at least this version of the podcast, doesn't exist without you and Mike well, and WFAN. That. Appreciate it. And uh, when we were told we had the opportunity uh, to have you on the show, in a second, Mark, Mark and I were like, "Yes, get the <laughs> Mad Dog nice on." Guys. Good job. <laughs> I'm Mark's, telling you, I'm getting old. Is what it tells you. In Mark's words, like he would never be nervous or have any sort of like excitement over any players or coaches. He doesn't even like football that so much. So he put Lombardi in you, here. He wouldn't even be nervous. Yeah, you, not at all. You, no. Wow, how about that? This is a whole different level. So yeah. it's a well, pleasure. it's good to be here. And obviously, you can't beat the football game. I'm looking forward to it. Giants, uh, the uh, Niners and Chiefs should be a good game. Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you are an encyclopedia of sports knowledge. You're famous for that, uh, Chris. But you also are kind of put this thing, make this official, because I know it's floated out there. I'm sure people ask you about it, but I want it official on the Around the NFL podcast. Did you create Radio Row as it's modernly seen? Well, I, I don't want you to listen. I mean, the only if it, it's, I hate to say it that way because it makes it sound like I'm patting myself on the back. Here's the way I would say it. We do in that 1990, all the time. It's fine. Yeah, in <laughs> 1990, the uh, that was the San Francisco Denver Super Bowl, the 89 year, the 90 Super Bowl. That was the first year, Mike and the Mad Dog, first six months. Mm -hmm. We went to the new, we went to the Super Bowl that year, and that was in New Orleans, and we did the show from the Hyatt. Eddie Andelman was there, probably from EEI in Boston, and probably Eskin, Philadelphia. Right. He was there, and Mike and I. And the local guy from New Orleans, there's only four. Now, before you go out there and sit there and say, wow, look at that, and you're still doing it, and they aren't necessarily. <laughs> the year before, Pete Franklin. There. The year before, oh, Pete, Pete Franklin, Franklin did yeah. it in San Diego, sure. in a, right here in Miami, and that was the, that was the Cincinnati-San Francisco right. Super Bowl. Uh, so uh, we, FAN did do Super Bowl coverage the year before Mike and I began. I would say this, the first Super Bowl that I remember where you sensed a burgeoning of electronic media covering it was the Dallas Buffalo Super Bowl in uh, the Rose Bowl. And that was in 92-93, the 52-17 game. Right. Mm. Uh, 51-17. That Super Bowl was the first Super Bowl they put Mike and I in a conference room at a hotel and there was probably about 10 to 12 stations. That is the first one that I remember. Wow, look at this. There's more stations than just us coming to the game. Mm. Obviously, since it's become, a, it's look at it now. But that is the first one where I sensed this is becoming a bigger deal. And I think the thing that Mike and I did is that we were the two-man team. Before us, there was only the one-man mm. sports talk show. Mm. There was not the two. Mike and I were the first duo doing it day to day. 
Hmm. And I think that every, well, well, they can do it in New York, put two guys out in the afternoon, sell advertising. Why can't we do it in Philly, in Boston, in Kansas City? And then all of a sudden, the genre took off. So that's why we do I four. Mean, I, 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 yeah. That's why you, you double you, the revenue. Double it. Yeah, it's, right. it's like you razors. It. We've got so four I blades. Go, I, I don't want to give us too much credit, but 1990 is a long time ago. And then, of course, the next year was huge for the New Yorker sure. because that was the Giants-Buffalo Super Bowl, mm. which was the great game in my in um, Tampa at the right. old Sombrero. And Whitney that was Houston. the Persian Gulf War. Right. And that was the first Super Bowl with no turnovers. And the Giants uh-huh. won 2019. Norwood missed the field goal. The famous, uh, I think they had over 40 minutes time of possession, the Giants. Uh, 40 minutes time of possession. Yeah. Buffalo had 19. Buffalo had the ball late. They ran the ball in their last play. They got like an eight-yard run. And then Norwood missed a 48-yard field goal. That was a big one for the New Yorker. Yeah. Because that was Parcells last and everything else, LT. Yeah. But, I, again, the first one that I noticed, everybody in the mix, radio station, where it began to get a big deal, was that Buffalo-Dallas one. I got to ask you because, you know, just sitting next to you and hearing your voice, and I'm not trying to be a total fanboy, but my dad and I have great memories of just driving around, uh, listening to Mike and the Mad Dog, listening to you, but especially I remember Saturday mornings, if I'm not mistaken, you'd occasionally, al- they'd allow you to go on alone and sort of oh, wax 34. poetic. That uh, were, I did uh, about 40 a year. Yep. That was just like, <laughs> that for me, even you know in high school, I would just drive around town listening to you. Do you have Ten people that come up to you and just say, oh my gosh, it's your voice, that they... they oh, absolutely. I mean. <laughs> that, that, that Saturday morning thing, it was, you know, Mike did the Sunday NFL, mm-hmm. and I did the Saturday morning, so FAN had each of us work six days a week. Uh, so they had, and they separated the one day and the weekends, but I did that Saturday morning from basically 1988 until I left in 2008. I did Saturday mornings for 19 years. I did not do it in the summertime. I would drive into work. I would, you know, be a little goofier. <laughs> uh, I'd scream and yell. And, you know, there wasn't always a lot going on Friday night because there's not a lot of sports on Friday nights. Right. So, I mean, at times it was a little quiet, but I also had in October Yankee games. How many Yankees could lose in postseason on Friday nights? I'd be the first guy talking about it on oh, Saturday morning. It. So that became the anti-Yankee thing yep. that I'd scream. I did a big deal about Elimination Day because they had they got knocked out by the Angels one year on a Friday night. I mean, I did all sorts of wacky things, and people got a kick out of that. And Saturday morning, fathers taking their kids to games, sure. errands, and, you know, they got to see what Russo has to say for 20 minutes. Exactly. And that began a I little kind of I was a little extra bounce in your step for those solo shows. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I mean, it was something different, you know, something different. And, I, you know, I used to drive in. I, used to, I, drove, I drove. I used to live, leave Connecticut at, you know, quarter to nine, get a bagel, a cup of coffee, mm. here I go, here I go, and get home by 2.20 in the afternoon. So I love those shows. Did it for a long time. Now, we understand the bounce in your step when you can do things without the rest of your co-hosts. It just makes you, like, a little more excited. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, you guys got to share. It's not easy yeah. to share four of you doing this. Yeah. Uh, and you got to, you know, with Mike, I had to learn how to, remember, before I got with Mike, I did radio by myself. So I had to learn how to adapt with Mike for 19 years. So there you go. And there's advantages with having a lot of guys on because you can talk amongst each other. I find that I when can you're on yourself, just, it's just you and the court. Just take a show off occasionally, allow the three of them to run rampant. Let them take Let them take control. For yeah. it, but let them have to uh, be the uh, be the engine that runs the show for a change. No, throughout your career, you've been genuine, and you haven't played to the guy talk angle as much as no, you. No, I don't. I don't do that. You really just like sports. Is th- has there ever been a tug and pull with? This character you might play, Mad Dog, like sometimes you would play it up a little bit oh, more absolutely. than other times. And oh, I, I, I give you a perfect example is the trivia. 
You know, we do a trivia contest oh, every love year. Super Bowl trivia. And I just did it this past <laughs> yeah. week. We give four trips away to the Super Bowl hotel, tickets the whole nine yards, and I dress up as this Marquis de Sade, which is what Mike <laughs> gave me the nickname 25 years ago. And I, they have to answer four questions, each one mm. increasing difficulty, and it takes them forever to get the damn thing, you know, to get these questions <laughs> right. And last week we did it, and we didn't have three winners until Friday. I had to actually give clues away for the audio because we do an audio component with question four so they can't look up the answer. And it took them forever. So that is when I get a little out of character. <laughs> that is a perfect example. Um, and I enjoy doing that. And I, we, and I tell you, Michael Binko. Binko does the Hollywood Square show, you know, the Saturday Night NBC. Sure. And he's the former the executive producer of Everybody Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> he lives in L.A. Not a big sports fan. Loves the freaking trivia. <laughs> Texas all the time. This is the best thing I've ever heard on radio. So there's a different component to what you do on a week to basis. And there's a perfect example where you got to change your role a little bit. I, could, I remember like shoveling my driveway and during Super Bowl <laughs> week and just listening to the trivia. And, you know, the people that got, you know, to the third question, the fourth question. After the first one, I feel like Mike always is like, and we're off. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, right. Going once, going once, goodbye. And just like, I well, you only got five. I mean, yeah. these are tough questions. I mean, we had some this past year. And then I the mean, internet came, too. And and that, so that's it, why yeah. you got to get the audio. Yeah. The internet. I mean, here's one we did this year that threw people off, especially the first part of the week. How many interceptions did Earl Morrill throw as a 49er? Mm. Now, you're, now, to point out, now, you're not going to get <laughs> a lot that of components unless involved. you look at it. Wes is our historian. Right. The answer so. six. You're not gonna look. You're yes. not gonna get that yeah, I until guessed later something in the week where you know the question. So yeah. this year we had a Niner component, we had a Chief component, we had a City of Miami component, and so you had three different categories. And our and and the angle that we used for the audio was Super Bowls that the season began in one decade, and the Super Bowl was in the next decade. So 69, 70. Yeah. 79, 80. And those are the sound bites we use from teams mm. who are on those Super Bowls. So it was fun. Let's Broncos talk about Niners. this game. What, what are your kind of overarching thoughts about it? I, I think everyone sees it. The desert sees it as a coin flip game. Yep. Do you see it the same way? Absolutely do. Uh, I think 45-man roster, the Niners are better. Normally, you would pick a team that has the better defense and runs the ball. And San Francisco does both better than the Chiefs do. So you would go from that standpoint as well. Niners, I think, from day one have been the best team in football. They were 8-0, whatever they were. They've had a very hard schedule, which they did. You know, they won a game in New Orleans. They won that last game in Seattle. So the Niners have had a longer, a harder road, I think, to this game than the Chiefs had. So you can make a case easily for San Francisco. Better defense, great defensive line. Uh, the things that you have for Kansas City, they have the best player. Mahomes is the best player on the field. I think if you like karma, which I like to look at karma, Chiefs got plenty of it. Last mm. game of the year, Miami, two minutes to go, wins in New England. Chiefs get the bye. Next week, Ravens will have the top seed, lose at home to Tennessee. The next day, Kansas City's down 24-0, come from behind, win the game. Andy Reid is due to win a Super Bowl. They trail Tennessee, they come back. 50 years ago, they won their first. I got Clark Hunt on today. I'm going to make a big deal about that to him. <laughs> 50 years ago, 50 years ago, they won their first, 69-70. haven't won a Super Bowl since. So there's karma that says mm. Chiefs. So I think it's a dead-even game. Um, I think first to 31 will win. I'll probably lean Mahomes. 
And I tell you, here's a stat that's interesting. Do you know that his quarterback rating, when he's rushed within two and a half seconds, is 120? That's which outrageous. would negate the Niner pass rush. Gotta so get him from rushed, behind. Thought, because yep. he can move around, he makes plays. So that would concern me if I'm a Niner fan. And you're a historian. How about the karma of the Kansas City Chiefs fan in the city, one of the great football towns I think kind of gets overlooked we talked a lot because this is a Jets fan and a Browns fan here about the most pained fan bases Kansas but the, Chief, been, the Chiefs get ignored a tough. lot I, like uh, there's a lot of 40 year old Chiefs fans that don't want to hear oh wow we won a Super Bowl and that's a very good ago. point and uh, Hunt always tells me the worst loss in the history of the Chiefs was the double overtime game to Miami mm. on Christmas Day 27-24 that was the year the Dolphins lost to Dallas uh, the, in the following uh, a couple weeks later but the Chiefs who had played in Super Bowl one, won Super Bowl four, and then two years later had Miami, had that game won, Stenerud missed kicks. I mean, they blew the game. Mm. And Hunt has told me from day one, that's the worst loss mm. in the history of the Chiefs. Mm. And they lost in double overtime. That's the famous Eddie Portalak game, where he had about 250 yards of offense. He was Can't unbelievable. Turned punts, kickoff. Yeah. He did everything. Pose. And then the next week, Miami played Dallas, and got killed by the Cowboys 24-3. And that was the last game that Miami lost in a year and a half. Mm. Oh, wow. It was a Dallas game. Because they won the Super Bowl the next year undefeated. And the year after that, they were 11-0 before the Raiders beat them. So, I mean, there's a lot of good history there. This is why and the Chiefs, Chiefs are interesting. This is why Mad Dog is a legend. The, the man well, I love that knows stuff. it all. I love that stuff. Um, <clears throat> Chris, again, this was such an honor to be able to talk to you. And we're going to geek out. We're going to hit you up that, for a that, photo and everything afterwards. Well, let me give you one other yes, thing that, you, that you'll find interesting. I did a lot of Kobe Bryant this week. Yeah. On the radio. Got here Sunday. He's on the air Monday. I get a call. I got a list of calls, first hour. You know, Joe and this. You know how, you know, you get a list of calls. I never get my producer. One producer's in New York, one's here. Earl from Austin. 25 minutes. I I leave him on hold. I don't know who it is. Calls up. Turns out, Earl Campbell. Wow. wow, hello. Tyler Rose. He what did saw, he want to talk about? He wanted, he wanted to say that he was with Rudy Tomjanovic, Akeem Olajuwon, and Nolan Ryan at a Houston event wow. when they got the news about, um, about uh, Kobe. Right. And he called, waited 25 minutes on hold just to give his take on Kobe. I picked up on who it was within about a minute, and he called me doggy throughout the whole thing. <laughs> so you knew he was a listener. And we put it on a website, 125,000 hits. special, yeah. Because it's genuine. Yep. Earl right. Campbell yeah. wanted to call about Kobe and did not use his name. Hey, I'm Earl Campbell. Get me on. <laughs> no, no, no. Wanted to be a caller. Earl from Austin. Is that amazing? That's, that's and this is a guy who was the top 10 running back just last, you know, when he was named yeah. with that NFL show. Yep. I wanted to tell you that. That's that happened great. on Monday that's right awesome. here. And you say the word genuine. Genuine you've, you've always been genuine on the air, and we strive to do the same thing. Well, so thank you for joining you us. you got great... Keep up Press the good work. You let these two dominate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're the fanboys. Chris Russo, thank you very much. Thank you. That was fun, Mark. I like also how Mad Dog was, he was very physical with you. A lot of pats on the back, a couple of <laughs> knee shots. I, uh, That's a good job by you. You were very close to his I, airspace. I've, you know, even during many of our owners' meetings, I played the role, and I don't know why you guys would want me to be in this position, where I'm like a foot away from said coach, or in this case, Mad Dog, and I was just sort of staring into his eyes for like the entire interview. But hearing the voice from our childhood was just too bizarre for me to overcome. I was kind of frozen. It was a little bit of a little it Debbie was, moment. For there me. was a little bit, um, uh, there was definitely a fanboy thing. I also, and this happens all the time when you talk 
to a celebrity or see a celebrity, I end up like just locking it on their teeth. And it's just like, wow, those are expensive teeth. <laughs> so he has famous person teeth. He had great pants. He does. Yeah, so th I mean, that was, that was quite an honor. Greg, were you impressed? I, I love Chris Russo. I have my own um, history. I used to keep Mike and the Mad Dog on, especially that 2003-2004 uh, Red Sox-Yankees season while I'm pu pumping out my Roto-World blurbs. I, like, one of my favorite viewing experiences <laughs> of all time is the day after Game 7 of Red Sox-Yankees waiting for Matt, Mike and the Mad Dog. And I watched it on Nest Yes Network. It wasn't even on the radio. I just would have it on while I was doing my Roto-World blurbs and the glee that he had pounding Frances and pounding oh, like the it. Yankees <laughs> the day after that was awesome. And I listened to them all the time driving up to Roto-World, which is about an hour away. So I, and, I, I had an experience. And listeners, listeners might be interested to know, certainly elements of shows that grew up listening to will make it into this show, so when we play uh, the missive music, when a, an owner or somebody makes a statement, that's lifted directly from Mike and the Mad Dog, George Steinbrenner, in fact, the very show you're talking about, after like crushing Yankees losses, Steinbrenner, the former owner of the Yankees, would release an, a statement, and then they'd, they'd play the general Pat music. <laughs> uh, so that that's is a right, nod, that right. is an homage yeah. to Mike and I the Mad Dog. That. Um, I, the one thing I was impressed by, it's not that, I don't think it's that impressive to be able to have instant recall of every stat and every happening in sports, but the, the ability to not only recall, but put it in perspective and tell a story and make it relevant to other people. And that's what this guy's been doing for, what, 100,000 hours of whatever he's done in his life? You can spin those yarns. I also, I'm impressed with anyone that's been covering sports for as long as he has, where I don't... Uh, get an aura of cynicism from him. He seems right. to truly yeah. love sports. I, I know I struggle with that sometimes too, just like not appreciating that how lucky we are. He, I think so. I think he's right. got great right. passion and drive. My sports writers are among the most cynical people you'll ever meet. Um, all right, that was, that was a real treat for us. Okay, before we go, before we spin forward, and yes, and the next time you hear from us, we're doing our live show tonight from Miami Improv. It will have already happened probably by the time you hear this, but we're looking forward to that. But the next time you'll hear the podcast is Sunday night from Hard Rock Stadium. Immediately after the game, uh, we will recap this um, amazing matchup between the Chiefs and Niners. But before we sign off, let us pick the game. It is time. Uh, Mark, get us going. I've had a strong faith and belief in the Niners through this whole playoff process, and uh, uh, it, my wife is a Niners fan. I'm not picking them for that reason alone. But right I down, just, Greg. You know, we don't need any Simone talk <laughs> right now. You know, Simone made it very clear on Twitter she was not offended by my comments at all. I read it as she was. She appreciated that. I, I think th maybe even delighted. I think she was so. showing a sign of grace, and she was like, "I want to." We understand. She will be down. here tomorrow, so you yeah, can. Yeah, we. You can last chance for conversation. And she likes love. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she 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 married a man of passion. She knows that. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I am going to pick her Niners. <laughs> Thirty-eight to twenty-seven. 38-27. So they light up the wow. Chiefs defense. Wow. 11 mm. points spread. All right. Wes. I also am picking the 49ers. I've got 38-33. Mm. Love it. I have gone back and forth even during this past hour of conversation, but I am going to stay with it. Obviously, I have Patrick Mahomes as my pick for MVP, and I will pick the Chiefs for that reason, for the greatness of Mahomes rising mm -hmm. up in this spot of all spots, the Super Bowl. So let's go 35-31 in an all-timer. Chiefs. Mm. 
I I spent the like week and a half expecting to pick the Chiefs because that that is what I want to happen. I'm rooting for Patrick Mahomes. I love watching him play. I love that story. I love Andy Reid. I want them to win. But I had to look in the mirror. Like by the time I got to yesterday afternoon, I didn't really believe it. Yeah, like I I do just if you play this game out you know, a hundred times, I just see so many more routes for the 49ers to win. And in a tight spot at the end of the game, I trust Kyle Shanahan uh, a little more. I just, one to 53, their roster, the 49ers, is so good that even though I I am going to be hoping that you get a hero pick and even get your sandwiches ultimately, because I really do have an affection and I I like this Chiefs team, I do think the 49ers are better. So it wouldn't have been honest uh, to pick the Chiefs. Not that I. Not that any of us have any idea what the hell is going to happen. I, I am taking the 49ers uh, to win this game, 33 wow. to 30. The rare Super Bowl hero pick. That was yeah. so earnest. I know. Well, I, str- <laughs> I struggled with it because I, I usually just you just pick what you want to happen, and I do really like them, but I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's I think like you really let Patrick Mahomes down here. I kind of feel like it. I kind of feel like <laughs> no, it. It's I got okay. you I'm back. Still, I, I I'm got still him. rooting for him. I'm still rooting for him. It would have been weird if we went across the board because this does feel like a game that's going to be close and back and forth. And hopefully it plays out that way. The Patriots ruined the Super Bowl last year Ooh. with a boring game. So hopefully we can bring it back to uh, oh, the Rams play. We've, we've had a Super Bowl hero pick. I remember it. Ravens 49ers. And I got the score right. Uh, yeah. I believe I, believe I had Broncos over Panthers as a hero pick that? too. Our okay, first one. so it happens all the time. No. And this year it is my turn to win a hero pick. All right. Good stuff. There's Connie Fox. Hey, Connie. Hi. Hey, hey. There she is. Can I come up here? Yeah, yeah Connie. Up. Connie oh, never met a microphone. She didn't want to be oh, on wow. here. Yeah. She so is. You have to get really close to us. Miami. <laughs> Miami. Miami. Um, great to see you, Colleen. Hey, great to see you guys, too. You know, All right. Good luck to you good the rest stuff. of the way. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll hang out. Yeah, maybe. We should do that. That'll, That'll be, be nice. the last time love we see too. Colleen for the week. And love you guys, the listeners. Make sure you check us out for the great flagship finale of the 2019 season, Sunday night from Hard Rock Stadium. This is Dan Hansis. Oh, one last thing. What, what am I thinking? Wes, what's the halftime show? Your choice. <laughs> oh. What's her name? Snow Allegra? Is that her name? That's who I'm picking. <laughs> this what? is Dan. Who is Snow Allegra? <laughs> what is he talking about? Did Erica give him that name or something? No. What is that name? Snow Allegra? He's a soul singer. Snow Allegra is your no, maybe I'm Super Bowl name 55 wrong. halftime act. I'm not a familiar with this artist, but I'm you will sure have she's zero brushback with that pick. What about you played um, it safe? Sir. What about the former rapper from Canada, Snow? No, not that guy. Informer. <laughs> that would be better than this Snow Allegra. I believe the album title uh, of his the Informer album was 12 Inches of Snow. <laughs> it was great. Just end on that note. Yeah. Um, all right. It should have just said Aerosmith or something. You know. I don't want to see Aerosmith. <laughs> no, That'd be the last group I want to see. Aerosmith. All right, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and Rick Hollywood on the floor in a chair till Super Bowl Sunday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.